Let's talk about sleep or the lack of sleep that you're getting during this COVID-19 pandemic. We're all at home or the people that are lucky enough to be self-isolated at home that don't have to work on the front lines to keep everything humming and to keep us safe uh, might have expected that we'd be getting better night's sleep. And that that doesn't seem to be the case. You talk to anyone uh, that you know, and odds are they're having freaky pandemic dreams or their sleep is fitful or, uh, you know, they're waking up at different times. We're in an unprecedented situation right now with this pandemic. And we'd like to welcome to the show David Sampson. He's an assistant professor of anthropology at the University of Toronto, Mississauga, who studies the evolutionary links between sleep and cognition. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. So I, I understand that you've been studying the evolutionary connection between fear and insomnia. So it seems to fit right now with what people are experiencing during this coronavirus outbreak. Can you uh, break down the uh, the connection? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, as an evolutionary biologist, I approach this from an explicitly evolutionary framework. And so fear is actually quite adaptive. Um, when we think of acute responses to fear, we think of, from an evolutionary perspective, of our ancestors surviving in very challenging environments where there was good reason to be fearful if there was a predator out in the brush um, or some other type of challenge in your environment. Acute fear is generally good. It's going to lead to more survival and adaptation. But what we have here is essentially a state of chronic fear, and humans are particularly mismatched for this this threat, this COVID-19 threat, because it's invisible. So the way humans have basically overcome challenges throughout most of prehistory um, for the past 1.8 million years is we become more social, not less social. So when we feel socially isolated, we actually um, cope with these things uh, at, at much less a degree. And so what's going on is we have chronic fear as a general um, upregulation in the general population. And this is leading to a, what we call in um, sleep disorders, failure of fear extinction, which could be leading to these insomnia-like traits. Is there an uptick in nightmares? I, I know that's a weird thing to ask because the study of, of uh, dreams is kind of, in some cases, yeah. it's a little bit uh, wishy-washy, but I'm hearing a lot of people saying they're having extremely vivid dreams or nightmares. I am too. National Geographic actually came out with a, a beautiful expose on this particular topic. And uh, this is really fascinating because in the early 2000s, Ravenzo and, and colleagues came out with the threat simulation hypothesis. This is the idea that the evolutionary function of dreams is actually to prime an individual for the challenges they may face the next day. So if the general population is experiencing an increase in, in fear or anxiety, we could see this actually manifesting in more lucid and vivid dreams. That's really interesting. You know, we, mm-hmm. you were talking about how we're in this state of, of a high alert right now. Um, and mm-hmm. that is, you know, getting in the way of our sleep and, and many of us experiencing in, insomnia. I also wonder if uh, I've heard the theory of uh, the fact that we used to sleep in shifts as far as two sleeps in a night. Um, and this is before the uh, before electric light. Um, was invented yeah. and we all started, you know, making sure that we stayed up longer because we could because we had light available to us. But the fact that we used to go to bed when the light when the, uh, you know, uh, night hit, but then we'd out. wake up in the yeah, we'd wake up in the middle of the night, get up for a couple hours, be productive, then go back to sleep until sunrise. Could that actually be coming into play right now because we're at home more? I mean, that seems odd since we all oh. have devices, but mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've actually done a core of my field work in Tanzania, working with some of the last human foragers on the planet, the Hadza. And so they hunt and, and gather all of their food, and they, they, have a, they live in a very dynamic environment. And what we found was that sleeping asynchronously was the common thing. So it, it was very rare to find that all the adults were asleep at the same time. And in fact, it was something like um, only 13 minutes out of the 20,000 that we analyzed were they all sleeping at the same time. And so this wow. shows that actually in our evolutionary path, sleeping in groups seems kind of counterintuitive because we're so isolated. Um, even without COVID-19, we've been self-isolating since the post-industrial revolution. But uh, basically, we always had somebody awake and alert in the camp which was something that was good. It improved the quality of our sleep because we knew somebody was sentinel in that dynamic environment. And now we find ourselves in a self-isolating environment, which may be increasing the anxiety that we're talking about in the first place. Yeah, but in some cases, our self-isolation has us in bigger groups. I mean, people's kids have come home from university. They've got a a more full house than in the past. So that actually might speak uh, to the how, what, what was your uh, very clever name for it? Because mine is, you know, sleeping in shifts, the two sleeps. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it's the sentinel hypothesis. The sentinel. OK, interesting. So there's somebody standing guard all the time. Yeah, I like it. Um. So now, OK, I know, you know, you study sleep and the connection between uh, our evolution and, and and fear and insomnia. Is there any fix for this? Do you have any recommendations on how we could actually get a better night's sleep during this pandemic? Because we're all running at a heightened state of fear. Totally. Yeah. So what I what I teach my undergrads at the University of Toronto, um, Mississauga, particularly in my class on sleep and, and primate evolution, is that you got to really focus on the two pillars of good sleep and that's sleep hygiene and light hygiene. So with sleep hygiene, where you want to stay consistent in terms of your, your time awake and, and when you fall asleep and you want to make sure that the environment that you're sleeping in has as little distractions as possible. We definitely don't want big LCD screens that are emitting blue wave light and inhibiting your melatonin production, which is the principal hormone that regulates sleep like activity. So you want it to be a sort of a distraction free environment, limit um, your social media interaction before bed because that'll upregulate your system and then um, you definitely want to practice good at light hygiene so that means when it gets dark outside reduce the lights in your home and I even challenge my students to to walk around in candlelight for a couple weeks and it usually Mm. has a very positive effect on their sleep Um, and then it's not just at night you also want to get a nice blast of of outdoor lighting during the day. So right around noon, if you can, even in social isolation, go outside, hit a beam, a ray of sunlight and eat your food. And this will basically cue in your circadian rhythm. It'll amplify your circadian rhythm. So it's in sync with its environment. One thing that we're doing right now, because we're spending most of our time indoors is even more than usual. We're masking our circadian physiology from all the cues that link it with its environment. So it's super critical just to get some time outside. Yeah, it'll catch up with us. David, I want to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Cheers. That's David Sampson, Assistant Professor of Anthropology at the University of Toronto, Mississauga, studies the evolutionary links between sleep and cognition and why you're not sleeping during the pandemic. I think you just laid out some interesting points there.